praise you. We praise you in this house today. God's good to us. While you're standing, uh, one verse of scripture, 1 Timothy 4 and 12. Next few lessons will be out of 1 and 2 Timothy. And today we'll just uh, focus on this verse starting off. Paul writing to Timothy said, Let no man despise thy youth, but uh, be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. This lesson is uh, called Faithful to the Truth, and today we're going to talk about serving in faith. Let's pray today for our lesson. Lord, we love you and thank you for the word of God that, Lord, we're born again by it. We're thankful that it gives us faith and we can live by it and walk by it. So Lord, today, help us, encourage us, strengthen us, God, in this house. Let us receive that word in our heart. Let it be in good ground so we can grow and multiply and bring forth much fruit. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. One more hand clap and shout of praise to the King of Kings this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, he's the King of Kings. Blessed be the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And uh, faithful to the truth is uh, we surely know and understand that if God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light that he called us to be faithful. If I'm created in the image of God, well, he's a faithful God. I should be a faithful servant. We want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Serving God in faith does not just mean serving him in belief, which that is required, but it means serving him in faithfulness. You know, you don't have a lot of faith if you're not faithful. Because people who, uh, who are faithful have seen God do some things. And that's not the only reason we, you know, we don't just stick around because we see God do things. But, uh, but because we, see, we stick around, we do see God do some things. We, when we have faith, we see God move. And, and that will encourage faithfulness because you realize God will come through. If God never answered a prayer, it might be easy to walk off, you know, but God's not like that. God is faithful to bless us and take care of us, and he wants to produce faithful servants. And so uh, now he was faithful to us in what he did and his sacrifice, and he expects us to be faithful in our sacrifice. And so if God never, you've heard people say it, if God never, uh, let me witness another miracle. He's already done enough. And that's true, but that's not going to happen. And we say that to kind of put the stamp on where we stand in faith, but, but God's not going to do that. God's not going to dry that well up. God's not going to, because he said these signs will follow them that believe. As long as there are believers, there's going to be signs following. As long as there are people filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, there's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders. As long as there is an apostolic church, a, a book of Acts church, there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. There's, there's going to be people faithful. There's a lot to be said for faithfulness. 
Yeah, still, there's still a lot to be said for faithfulness today. You know, this past Wednesday we talked about, uh, if you weren't here, but the lesson was talk, talked about the high cost of low living. And we were talking about the uh, three uh, servants who were delivered talents from the Lord, five, two, and one. And, and uh, two guys heard the, the master say, well done, good and faithful servants. You know, there's something to be said for faithfulness today. Uh, in anything that you do, there's no an employer does not like an unfaithful employee. Uh, a husband or wife surely does not like an unfaithful spouse, right? Yeah, you, people don't like unfaithful friends, and uh, a church doesn't need unfaithful people. Uh, the Lord wants faithful people in His congregations, in His body, in His uh, bride. So we want to be faithful and. Paul was encouraging Timothy that we must be faithful. I guess in this hour, day and hour, more than anything, uh, we can take what Paul has written here to Timothy. He wrote 1 Timothy uh, around 63 A.D. He was, had Timothy, Paul met Timothy and took him on some journeys with him and uh, they set up churches in different places and Timothy became pastor really to the church in Ephesus and uh, when he wrote to Timothy, here he says, you know, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Now, I don't want, uh, you can preach this about young people or you can use youth as length of time. Maybe you've been serving the Lord. We are, we are young in the Lord. But one thing about it is it doesn't matter the stage we are in. We must be an example of the believers. But God does not want us to be, uh, he's not an author of confusion. He does not want us to facilitate confusion. We must have a pattern to follow for believers. We must be an example of believers even in the day and hour that we live in. As this world begins to grow darker, the light must shine brighter. That's just it. Uh, this is going to happen. I, you know, I hope that in churches around the country today, that people don't waste uh, great opportunities uh, whining about politics and they'll just preach the gospel. I hope today that people will just go on and preach about Jesus. Because regardless of what happens, if if the outcome stays the same or if it changes or whatever happens, uh, you know what? The world is, is headed in the direction it's headed the church has got to be the church no matter the tide. No matter the, if, it's, if it's sunshine or rain, we've got to be the church. If it's light or day it's, or night, we've got to be the church. And so we've got to be examples of believers in word. Watch your mouth. We've got to watch our mouth. I've got to remember that at any time uh, that when I open this mouth, that's the image of God talking. Hello. Oh, I'm so glad that he saved me and filled me. Then let your mouth reflect that. You know, well, in word, you got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful what you talk about. Don't talk about nobody. And then, uh, you know, let those words. I, I remember uh, Brother Everhart would say, you need to let them words be sweet because you're going to have to turn around and eat them one day. And, uh, and that's true. You will make them words easy to swallow because they're going to come back to you sometime. And uh, you, you don't want to have to 
try to defend saying something that you know it wasn't of the Lord. So I'm going to be an example of the believer in word. I want to lift people up, exalt the Lord, praise him, but lift people up. Uh, in conversation, that doesn't just mean talking back and forth, but conversation is your behavior. Uh, the way I behave in this life, you know, behave like you are the image of God, a child of God, part of the bride. Don't throw tantrums. We don't need Christians throwing temper tantrums. Yeah, you can be angry, but sin not. You know, that's, uh, things make you mad. Things hurt your feelings, but, but govern yourself with the Holy Ghost and, and don't give people an occasion to say, man, they must be backsliding the way they acting or, or are they even a child of God to talk like that or act like that? In charity, the way we love, we've got to show the love of God. Hello. We talked about it the other day. We, you know, we've mentioned it. People have said it. It's been everywhere. But you know, whether you voted red or blue, I still love you. It doesn't matter. Whether you voted at all, I still love you. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care if you voted for Kanye. It don't matter to me. I, I don't care who you voted for. If you voted for SpongeBob, if you wrote in somebody, I don't care. I really don't. I love you because it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not going to matter in the grand scheme of the big picture. Uh, there is still a harvest in this day and hour to be had. And, and uh, let me tell you, it's going to get harder and harder to harvest. We're going to have to work harder and harder to get it. To get after it. We've got to love people and we've got to be an example in our spirit and, and in, in our faith and then in our purity. Oh, we don't want to defile this temple. We don't want to, uh, the Bible says, don't uh, let your good be evil spoken for and uh, abstain from the very appearance of evil. But I wasn't doing anything wrong, but you looked like it. And, you know, and sometimes that can't be helped. You know, it, it's, you, let's say you broke down, your car broke down, you needed, your cell phone was dead. See, I, I'm trying to think of a scenario now because back then we would have to find a pay phone or do something like that. But let's say you, you left your cell phone at home, your car's blowing up, and, well, man, I've got to use a phone. Ain't nothing around here but the liquor store. So you tiptoe in there, can I use your phone? And, and uh, man, you trying to get at it. And as you coming out, somebody sees you coming out. And, man, you was hot and tired because you was working under your car, and the guy gave you a bottle of water, and it was a brown sack. And, you know, <laughs> and it ain't nothing but water. But, but here come, you know, Deacon. I mean, everybody's business riding by. <laughs> I seen him. I seen him. And now you, man, you may be, you might be on video. They might be filming you and everything, and you couldn't help that. You know that's the thing. But uh, there's other things where we get ourselves in appearances we could help, and so we want to make sure that we are uh, doing things to abstain. You know, I knew guys back in the day, and you think it's silly. What this is their consecration? It was their conviction. I don't think they were silly, but I knew men, preachers, and pastors that would not eat in a restaurant that served alcohol. They would not do it. And they said, I know I could go in there and just eat and be fine. I said, but uh, I don't want to be anywhere that somebody could say I saw him in there at that place. And, th and definitely wouldn't go in. You've been to the restaurant, you're waiting, 
And uh, they said, man, you can go to the bar and get you a Coke or something while you're waiting. Boy, they wouldn't no way they'd walk toward that bar. You can believe that, even if they was going to get a Coke because they don't want anybody to have an occasion. They were just that uh, disciplined with their own walk. So I don't fault them for that. I think they were silly. Uh, kept them where they wanted to be, kept them where they needed to be. And, uh, and nobody had an re- occasion to say anything about them. So uh, there, there are ways that uh, God calls us into faithfulness. And uh, Paul was trying to make sure Timothy understood some things because Timothy was young. But he also had faith. It was faith that was in his grandmother and in his mother. And Paul knew that it was also in him. And right before he tells him to let no man despise his youth, he's telling him these things command and teach. Well, it's hard sometimes for someone who is young or younger. Uh, I experienced that when I first started preaching. Uh, when you would stand up to preach in front of people who had had the Holy Ghost twice as long as you had been alive. But you were the preacher. You're a preacher, and, and God's called you to that, and it's a ministry. Or the, when you would go to speak a word to somebody who uh, was an, a seasoned saint, somebody who was Holy Ghost-filled and knew the Lord, and, and you know sometimes people would look at you because of your young age and and then even when I started pastoring and people started coming to church, they were older than I was, been serving God longer than I've been serving God. And I'm, you know, it's kind of strange when you are in that role, but, but that's just what it is. I am the pastor. Wow. And whether uh, I've, you know, uh, my age, you may be twice as old as I am, but I'm the pastor. And you maybe you've had the Holy Ghost twice as long as I've had the Holy Ghost, but I'm still the pastor. Wow. I can't, uh, it's not to be boastful or be arrogant about it. We have to have humility. We have to learn to, to uh, have uh, that meekness and that spirit of love and to teach people and do things like that. But then you have to also be able to stand on the calling that God gave you yeah. without being ugly or arrogant or wagging the finger. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to be like that. And so he said, after he tells him this, Timothy, don't let any man despise your youth. Well, how do you stop people from doing that? How do I stop people? Because people just, if they don't want to like you, they won't like you. But he's talking about the church mainly here and, and for uh, people that would be in the church in Ephesus that he was pastoring. And he said, you know, Timothy, if you will just be a godly example, live what you preach. Don't just say the right things. Live the right thing. Let your love, your spirit, your faith, and your purity uh, live it out in front of the people that you preach to, that you live for that way. Even the older ones who are maybe a little concerned about your youngness uh, have no reason to doubt you because they see you living and doing the things that God, not only that you say you do, but God's word says to do. When they see you being faithful, it helps to resolve a lot of doubt or a lot of concern or a lot of questions. And and when you can see people that are faithful, you know, I've I've watched... uh, and sometimes maybe even in, and this is, you know, away from church, but uh, on a, maybe like even on a sports team, you see a, a, a football team maybe, or like especially on a college team, and all of a sudden they've got this uh, guy just graduated high school, walks in, and boy, they put him in at the quarterback. You know, he's, and he's like, you got three or four guys that are, you know, on there, one of them's a junior, one of them's a senior, he's been with the team, but. This guy, he might only be 18, 
but he's the goods. And once they see him perform, they realize, okay, and, and they ain't think about him being 18 no more as long as he's getting the ball down the field and he's doing what he knows. How, this is football. He knows how to do football, so that's what he's doing. Well, when you're living for God, when people see you living for God, when they see you being faithful, see you uh, doing the things that you say and, and living out the things you say you believe and not just saying it and then living another way, the Bible says we can't be double-minded. We'd be unstable in all our ways. And you'll never convince anybody of your faithfulness, and you surely won't convince God of your faithfulness when you say one thing but do another. You know, I, I want to make sure that I am uh, living what I say I believe. I want to serve him in faith. And not just in believing, but I want to serve him in faithfulness. I want to be faithful to the Lord because he has surely been faithful to me. And so uh, this insight that Paul offers Timothy will help us today because it helps us to stand firm in the faith and doctrines of the church. All these letters that he wrote, the verses, there's so many that First and Second Timothy are full of such great advice, not just for leadership, but for the saint of God, how to conduct yourself, uh, how to uh, persevere in trials and tests, what to do. And uh, So I want to make sure as we're going through these next few lessons that we learn how to uh, be faithful to the truth. Jesus said, I'm the truth. I want to be faithful to him. Well, he's the word made flesh. I want to be faithful to his word. So I, I want to live, I can't live for Jesus but not keep his word. I can't say I love Jesus and not keep his commandments. I've got to do that. I can't make an excuse. Uh, of a statement probably very fitting for today's time frame would be that a person's station or their situation in life is never an excuse to be an unfaithful witness or to shy away from a call to serve in any ministry capacity. When the climate is like it is in the world today, people will say, what's the use? Uh, they will set down and set aside. Uh, they'll set aside their keys and pick up a sword. That's what Peter did. Hello. Had the keys to the kingdom, the gospel, knew who Jesus was, that he was the Christ. But well, when things got heated, he pulled a sword out and whacked off a man's ear. God didn't call me to strike people down. He told he, he wants us to unlock the kingdom for people. And, but when you get in, a, in a, a world that's in such an uproar as ours is today, people start laying down their keys and picking up their swords. And uh, unless it's the sword, the word of God, then the sword of the spirit, that's one thing, but uh, it ain't. Uh, people's picking up that something to cut people and hurt people. And, and so you can't make excuses for what you know you're supposed to be doing. You can't make an excuse to not do what you know you can do. When God knows you can do it, uh, we, you know, we talked about this again Wednesday night, uh, that talent that that guy buried, it had the ability to multiply, had the ability to do something, but he buried it. He just sat on it. He said, I'm not doing anything. I'm afraid. He made an excuse. I was afraid, but that excuse did not fly. You would think, oh, I'm sorry you was afraid. Man, I didn't want you to be afraid. Okay, just hit me. Uh-uh. Listen, God knows that what I give you 
will work, but you've got to use it. You've got to not sit on it and hide it or bury it or, or get it away from you. And so Paul is training Timothy and teaching Timothy, and he knows that he's young, but he knows he's ready. But he knows that also, if he knows Timothy this well, I'm sure he knows about Timothy's insecurities. He had confidence in the faith that he had. He had confidence of the gift uh, that Timothy had because he had prayed for him himself. He had laid hands on him himself when he received the Spirit. And we know, uh, well, let's look, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, Paul begins to tell him, Timothy, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you through the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So he said, stir this gift up. Oh, Paul, I'm, I'm scared, man. What, what are they going to say? They're older than I am. They're more seasoned than I am. I, I, uh, listen, just stir up the gift. Stir up the anointing. It's in there. You know you've got it. I was there when you got it. I, I know that God's put this call on your life, so don't let fear be a reason that you uh, stop doing what God has called you to do. Uh, don't do that because God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's telling Timothy, look, hey, here's the baton, just like in a race. He's passing it on. Hey, Timothy, you take it. You take it and run with it. You take it and go with it. Timothy was uh, young and timid, but, but Paul advised him, don't let people think less of you just because you're young. Don't, you know, well, I can't help what people think, but you can help what you think about what they think. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, you know, I've, I've said this before, you can have, you don't, just because you have thick skin doesn't mean you have a hard heart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's all right to be thick skinned. I'm not talking about being an emotionless robot, but, but you need to get to a place where every little thing doesn't make you just fall apart and flip out and want to run away from God. You can have, still have a, a soft heart, a tender heart, a loving and kind heart, but not be so thin-skinned. Quit letting everything somebody says or, or posts or that wreck your world. My goodness. Uh, God's people are tougher than that, man. Come on. We, God's people in the Scripture have endured so many things and uh, that, uh, you know, th there's nothing we're going through today that is as hard as anything that they went through then. And so uh, we've got to... Remember that I can be have a little thick skin. Well, oh, don't be worried about thick skin. Just put the armor of God on then. If you got armor on, right. <laughs> hello, you got something to protect you. He said, take the shield of faith and quench those fiery darts. And, and then uh, you can still uh, have that heart for God and be loving and kind and tenderhearted and forgiving of people and show mercy Man, reach out, help people, love your enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you. I can go on and on and on. You, you can't make up nobody. You can't create nobody uh, that you ain't supposed to love and pray for. Right. Bible says, owe no man nothing but to love. Right. Yeah. Pay what you owe. If In this world, if you don't pay what you owe, they come see you. Well, I don't want the Lord to come see me. Hey, you're behind on your payments. Oh, I hope God gets somebody in the altar and say, hey, you'll hate them calls from creditors, don't you? Hey, for the Lord to get down and say, hey, I'm just going to talk to you about your account. 
Get a little past due on some love you need to be distributing. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't do that, would he? Why wouldn't he? He loved the whole world. Why would he expect any less of us? I need to love people too. Again, my situation or my station in life is never an excuse to be an unfaithful witness. I never have a legitimate reason for turning off the light. He's paying the power bill. Don't worry about it. Let it shine. This ain't your house. <laughs> People walk around the house in the dark, stumping your toe and running into stuff because you don't want to, afraid a few dollars are going to run up on your bill. But you know what? God's paid this bill in full already. Let it run. You won't never hear him say, it's okay today, son. Turn the light off. I know your favorite team didn't win. Go ahead and cut the light off. I know who you voted for didn't win, but go ahead and turn the light off. I know somebody posted this. Go ahead and turn. You'll never hear him say, it's okay to cut the light off. It won't be. He wants you to serve him in faith. Uh, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're going to get it or we're going to wish we had. We're going we're gonna to get this and realize the kind of people that God uh, intends us to be. Yeah. Hey, we're still striving. We're not there yet. <laughs> Hello. Oh, we're the church of the living God. Ain't no doubt about it. And there's power and anointing in this house. But they, even in this house, just like Timothy, he felt like he probably lacked in some places. We all have places where we feel like we lack. That's all right. And admit it. Don't, don't try to act like, I, well, I, I'm all that. Well, no, you ain't. No, you ain't. It ain't. You can think it all you want to. I know. I've been around enough to see it. Hey, hey I ain't all that. And uh, I know people older than me that ain't all that. I know people that's been living. Because we've still got growth in us. We, as long as we abide in him, we're going to be growing. We're going to be producing fruits. We, we, don't, we don't dry up and die. So we've got uh, miles to cover. We've got ground to go. We've got things to do. We're not there yet. We're not, hey, well, you know why there's a lot of things we're not seeing yet? We're not ready for it. A tree cannot produce fruit until it's ready. And there's some things the church is not producing yet because we just hadn't got there yet. God cannot let God can't let that loose in our life yet. We're not ready for it. That's why we got to pray and seek, and so we can find Him. Say, Hey, God, I want to be ready. And and the more we pray, the more we fast, the more we seek His face, the closer to being ready we become. But if we don't pray, if we don't fast, we don't come to church, we don't worship, we don't obey the word of God, we're just like a little plant sitting at Lowe's. You just didn't want them little squares waiting to be planted somewhere. Oh, you're alive. You got a tag that says what you are. But you ain't growing. Uh, and I'm telling you, we've got to get growing. We, I, I'm, glad I, I, I'm glad I got his name. I'm glad I got a Got a tag. I'm, I'm glad that I know who I am in him, but I want to grow. I want to produce. I want to serve him in faithfulness. Just sit around that like he owes me something. He don't owe me nothing, man. I, it's time for me to get busy serving him. I've got to serve him. He, 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 he did so many things here. Then he left. He said, but when I, when I left, I left you examples. That's when he put that towel on and and got down and started washing their feet. And he said, you know what I've done? I've given you an example. 
and the way I, I'm, I'm your master. That's right. You say that well. I am your master. But if I will get down and do this, how much more should you get down and do this for others? Washing all them, them boys' feet. Oh, Peter's going to deny me three times, go to cussing, cutting people's ears off. Why, well, but a scrub them feet, you know. But he, he did. He, he knew it. He said, these are my disciples. These are my people. I'm trying to show them how they are supposed to treat others so that they can be faithful in their service. And so we have uh, in this life as servants of God, we have uh, power and we have the love of God in us. It works through us. Faith worketh by love. That's scripture. And so if you ain't got no love, your faith don't work. How come nothing I'm praying for is getting done? Maybe you, like I said, maybe your love level's low. I just want to see miracles. Well, you might see them because somebody else is doing them. <laughs> but you're not going to see the miraculous in your life Things that come by faith, if your level of love is low, because faith worketh by love. It all flows. Gifts of the Spirit, look them up. You know what the first one is? Love. Everything's flowing from that. Because you can't put nothing ahead of God, and God is love. And so it all flows down from love. And so if I can't get loving people right and loving him right, love him first and then love my neighbor, first two commandments, that's it, isn't it? If I can't get them two right, how do I think I'm going to get anything else right? Hard to be faithful when you can't even have faith. Got to have it. So we've got to keep a balance. Humility and boldness. Don't ever undervalue the, the call that God has put in your life. Don't ever undervalue. What, no matter what God has called you to, if he called you to it, it's because it's valuable to him and to the kingdom that it will edify the body because we're all members that he puts in the body. He sets it together. We're members in particular, and he, he puts us in there. And, and so with each member, just like the members of this body have a purpose, things that they can accomplish, and you know, some may not seem that much, like it's that much, but it's there. And I don't want to lose any of it. You know, we were talking the other day, somebody was going to have to have their gallbladder out, and we were like, what's a gallbladder do? I don't even know what it does. I just know people have to have it took out all the time. I have no idea what, if, you, if it was like, hey, for $1 billion, tell me what the gallbladder does. It pays revenue for surgeries. I don't know because the only thing I know is that people take it out and they can live without it. But if God give it to me, it needs to stay there. I just let it stay. I want it to stay. I don't want, I don't want to ever have to have nothing removed. Let it all, I want to I come here with it. I want to leave with it. You know, uh, I don't know what it does. But God didn't say, you know what would be neat? Let's put a gallbladder in there. What? <laughs> Why? Hey, well, one day doctors will need something to do. So let's put, <laughs> Why he put it in there? You know, so, and that's why... So don't undervalue your part in the kingdom, your part in the body. Because I promise you, uh, as, especially as a pastor, I, I don't want to lose any part of the body. Not nowhere, not no time. I want the body to stay together. I want to keep serving and being in faith. I want us to remember to never undervalue. Because when you 
have low spiritual self-esteem, well, you'll shut down, and you know that's when people start backsliding, skipping church, not doing what they were called to do because they have low spiritual self-esteem. So don't undervalue the call uh, that God put in your lives, and don't undermine it. You know what that means? Don't cut your legs out of Don't undermine your calling. Don't give people a reason to talk bad about it by the conduct that you have. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But then he also said, with God, all things are possible. Paul said, on his own, he said, I am unable to do the good that I would like to do, but with Christ, I can do all things. So a balance of keeping... uh, uh, humility and boldness. That's, we need both of those things. And that's, they, they seem like you know, polar opposites. People that are very bold don't seem very humble sometimes. But they, they can be. Humility and boldness can, can really work together and really be powerful. Humility is very powerful. It will lift you up to places. So when you are filled with God, when you walk with God, and when you abide in God, remembered. Remember this, you are empowered by God. When you're filled, when you walk, when you abide, then you are empowered by God. That will help you to not uh, undervalue your call. You remember this thing, this gift, it's from God. And then hopefully that will help you to count it as precious and not undermine it by bad conduct. Uh, if we want to successfully navigate faithfulness and living for God, um, we need to be apart from God, uh, a part of God, and not a part from God. You know what I'm saying? I want to be a part of the kingdom, not apart from it. Same spelling, just you know, different. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I want to be united with him. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you because you can't bear fruit of yourself. One place he said, without me, you can do nothing. So, or, or apart from me, you can do nothing. I, I, my life is tied up in him. In him I live, move, and have my being. If, if I don't have him, uh, I'm not complete, for you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Uh, he's what completes me. I need Jesus. And so when our confidence is in the Lord and not our own abilities, you remember when you're praying, you're not praying in your name, you're praying in his name. Yeah? Yeah, when you're fulfilling uh, your call that he put on your life, remember, I'm preaching the the gospel. I'm preaching God's word, not my words. And so when our confidence is in the Lord and not our own abilities, uh, because we'll look at something, I can never do that. Well, you probably never will because as long as you act like that, but when you realize I know that on my own I can't do that, but through him, I can do all things. If you'd have ever told me I would stand behind a pulpit and preach, much less pastor a church, uh, I would have said there's no, you know, aside from me laughing really hard and being like, man, just give me whatever you took because that sounds like it's good. Uh, No, I probably would have sat down and been serious and said there's no way I could ever do that. I can't get up in front of people and talk and speak and do those kind of things because that was not me. But here I am today, and glory to God, because it is by the grace of God I am what I am. When we are Christ-sufficient and not self-sufficient, then we become a fruitful vine. 
when we are Christ-sufficient and not self-sufficient, then we produce and we're, uh, and then, you know, that's, that's where you find contentment. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. That's where you find contentment when you are in sync with God, when you are abiding in him and do it. You can be content uh, with what you have and what's going on in your life. And so Paul's uh, advice to Timothy here, it, it applies to every New Testament believer because every Christian, every Christian, is called to be an ambassador, an ambassador, scar, uh, my tongue's getting tired, an ambassador and a minister of reconciliation. The scripture says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And every time uh, people read that, they think, well, he's talking to preachers. Uh, but we all preach with our life. We all have a testimony. We all have been transformed by the same uh, power of God. It's the same blood that washed our sins away. It's the same Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. Uh, we didn't get a different salvation experience because uh, there's only one way to be saved. So uh, it's the same for all of us. Now, there are different callings and everybody won't stand in a pulpit and everybody won't go, won't go off to another country and you may not be an evangelist, but you will be a light in this world and you will be salt of the earth and so we're all uh, called to, uh, to reach out to people without exception, without exception. This is how uh, we pattern ourselves. This is why we pattern ourselves, so people can see who we are, what God has made us. When you pray, when you go to church, when you don't join in the mayhem that is social media and politics and things like that and you know when you don't join into that stuff well people see a different light shining yeah that's yeah, the truth and I'm not uh, listen I voted I did my part it's over I'm not rallying I'm not revoting I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing nothing I'm gonna now okay I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna preach I'm going to live for God. That's what you do. I, I don't, want, don't, don't send me a link to sign no petitions or nothing because I'm, I'm not going to do it. It'll die right there if it comes to me. I'm, that's it. I'm done. I voted, and now I'm going to preach. I'm going to pray. I'm going to reach. I'm going to love people. I'm going to serve the Lord, and whatever happens is going to happen. Praise God. Pattern ourselves. The way we pattern our days and our behavior will reveal our faith in God. It will. It will reveal your faith in God. We teach other people with our life. See, a lot of times people say, I can't really talk. Well, then just live right. Because if you live right, people see it. If you act right, people see it. And if you act wrong, people see it. So we must uh, be faithful examples. We must provide a faithful pattern, and it's the Word of God that gives us that pattern uh, as Christian people. And uh, we are the children that he has tasked in this life with sharing his design with other people. In the world, you know, you have uh, of manufacturing and things, you, there's a pattern for just about anything. Anything they make is a pattern, especially in the clothing industry, things like that is a pattern. But... Uh, in the kingdom of God, there are not just pattern makers, they're disciple makers. But we can't make a true disciple if we're not showing a true pattern. 
We've got to show a true pattern. I don't want to offer a faulty pattern or the world around us will not see what it is to be a true child of God. I want to make sure. That's why we examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith and make sure that nothing's going wrong with the pattern. I want to be uh, patterned after the word of God. And so in our opening text, Paul, he said, you know, Timothy, be an example in conversation, manner of life, your conduct, your behavior. In other words, the world, not just the church, but the world needs to see a faithful witness. Our lives should bring glory to God, not reproach or a cause for disbelief. There's an author, his name is Brennan Manning. I'm sure you've heard this quote, whether you knew who said it or not. But he said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and then deny him by their lifestyle. Yeah. For unbelievers to believe, they must see the gospel lived out. And this is true for every Christian, but even more so for those that are in leadership positions because uh, their, their conduct affects so many other people. But whether we hold a position in church or not, every person has a calling to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is what is meant by the ministry of reconciliation. We need people to see that uh, God can reconcile people's lives back to him through Jesus Christ. God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So Paul taught Timothy the importance of being consistent with the lines and designs in the word of God and also with the way that words are used. So we, uh, and we talked about that already, that we can't let sweet water and bitter water come out of the same fountain. We can't praise God with our lips and then with the same lips curse men who are made in his image. I know, hey, you ain't got to tell me. I know it's a work in progress. I know how easy it is to get upset and want to just let somebody have it, you know, or see somebody do something or say something and you just want to go. But you got to let the Holy Ghost. I don't know how, how y'all grew up, but I tell you, growing up in the area we grew up in, you get your mouth mashed. You ain't never heard nobody say, I'll mash your mouth. Come on, somebody. I ain't the only one. I know. You ain't never have a grandmama grab your lips. <laughs> it wasn't just switches. They mashed that mouth you and shut up. You was being a little smart aleck brat kid. Whoop. Sometimes you need the Holy Ghost to mash your mouth or smash your fingers. So you, but whatever, but... Uh, Sometimes we need, we need the Holy Ghost to, to mash that mouth. Some of the old, older parents are like, don't be telling all that. <laughs> well, hey, I, that's the way we grew up. I don't know if I ever grabbed my kids' lips or not. I think it was enough to just go. <laughs> oh, man, our behavior, our conversation, it ought to display the love of God. Yeah. It should display a good disposition. Brother, come on to the music. I know I'm, I'm about to run out of time here, right on, right on time now. We've got to understand that uh, we, we're a city set on a hill that can't be hid. The thing about that is, is that we're that city on the hill whether we got the light on or not. 
just the, the claim. When we come to him, we, it, it, we, we're moved there. And so people are going to see either the light's on or the light's off. You can stay with me. Paul said this in 1 Timothy 4, 14 and 15. Neglect not the gift that's in you, which was given you by prophecy, laying on hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them so your property may appear to all. So we got this idea, people in the world have this idea that only God needs to see what I'm doing. That's all that matters. But he said, no. He said, your prophet in Timothy, the way, the way that God's blessed you, what God's made of you, what you do for God needs to be seen by everybody. And so you give yourself wholly to these things, completely to these things, because if you're not giving yourself completely to it, nobody's really seeing the true pattern. Nobody's really seeing what God can do in a life until you just give yourself over to it. I am convinced today that is why people struggle so hard. I'm convinced today, I, me and my son were talking about this the other day, and I said, and my wife and I actually, we were on a trip a week or so ago. We were, uh, went down to the beach, and one night we went out and sat on the beach, nobody around, you know, just beautiful, full moon, and just a great night, and we just began to talk about some things, and somehow it came up, and I, I told her, I said, I can't believe, you know, that I'm here. And I said, I, and I, I said, it's hard for me to, to believe that I ever was the person I was before the Lord. I said, when I think about places I went, things I did, I said, I said, he did such a complete work in my life. But the thing is, is I had to let him work. I had to want that change. I said, you know, I said, I was so angry and, and, and mean and mad all the time. I said, but that just, it's not even there. And I, I was telling my son about it. I said, you know, I just, it's hard for me to imagine sometimes. I think, man, it was like, that was like another guy. Well, it was another guy, really. But, and then he said something. He said, well, he said, I think a lot of it has to do with the desire. And I, and I believe that. And see, I wanted the change. I didn't want anything from my old life, my past life. I wanted to be different. And so he did what I asked, and he changed me. And I accepted it, and I lived by it. But I still have to keep myself under subjection. I have to still have to pray. I still have to fast. I still have to seek God. I still have to make a choice every day to get up and live by the Word. That's what we do. That's, way, that's how we serve Him in faith. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, we do love and appreciate you so desperately today. God, you are able to make old things pass away and all things become new. And Lord, let us be thankful and show our gratitude in our faithful service. Let us shine a true light in this world, God, that people can see what you can do. If we are truly overcomers, we know it's by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Let people see a life lived for you. We're going to praise you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. What a great God. What a great God.
Praise God. Let's, let's be faithful to him. Be faithful in our service. Amen. All right. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God bless you.